Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. I'm back with my buddy, Sean Jones, man of God, who's one of his life verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you didn't hear the first podcast, you'll be stirred. I walked out of here saying, I want to trust God more. I walked out with this with the, with the, the thought. He said, Jesus is, is, when somebody says, Jesus is your crutch, he said, of course he's my crutch. I said, no, <laughs> Jesus is my wheelchair. So that's what you want to know. I need to be carried and <laughs> not just have a crutch. And he agrees with that. All right. So, um, hey, so let's jump back into, we were kind of going through your life story, but lessons learned about life, the kingdom of God. Yeah. Marriage. Okay. Mm. I know that you, uh, how many years you guys been married? Uh, 20 plus years. 20 plus, 20 plus. Look at him yeah. covering his back there because oh, yes, he didn't I know am. the exact name. <laughs> All right. But anyway, 20 plus years. But hey, um, I know it wasn't easy. Yeah. You had to win your wife. You had to win her dad. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, you learned how to love the church. And we're going to eventually get into your love for the church. But let's talk about your love for your wife and take mm-hmm. us into that journey a little bit. Into that journey. Well, you know, I, I was so fed up with even trying to figure out how to relate to people um, and how on earth I was going to get married. I literally said, God, just wake me up one day, tell me to put on a tuxedo and tell me when to go to church and have someone standing there. I'm going to get married that way. Wow. So Uh, all you young adults out there, this is it. This is how you do it. So I'm crying out to the Lord and praying, but there was a gal who was helping me out um, with, uh, with youth ministry and I just knew we were going in the same direction. She loved youth, uh, godly woman, and I immediately started asking God to take these feelings away <laughs> because I didn't know what was going, going to happen um, and said, take them away, Lord, or Lord, she's the one for me and started praying and and she was. And so, um, man, I asked her to be my wife and she agreed and we've been doing youth ministry now ever since. For uh, we started doing youth ministry before we were married, mm. and so okay, so um, it's that whole deal of do what God's telling you to do, and you'll find each other. Yes. Now you mm-hmm. are telling a very deep story, very uh, <laughs> broadly. Okay. Yeah. So you're black, she's white. Mm-hmm. You're from Trinidad and Tobago, which well, we yeah. black, which we classified earlier. She's from the Midwest. Right. So this is not like there's there were a few challenges. Uh, well, yes. Well, number one, a lot of challenges. When you say that she was from the Midwest, well, her family's from Kentucky. And, uh, is that and not the Midwest? I, I love, I love, well, it is the Midwest, but Kentucky, let's see, when I remember going and visiting a friend of hers at Asbury College, and I remember they said, hey, let's go for a picnic. It's like, oh, awesome. So we packed up everything, and, and so we were visiting with her friend, and we just found this great park, and we got out to have a picnic. And so as soon as we got out of the vehicle, you know, everyone's moving and, and things, and the park has people running around playing. I step out of the vehicle, and I kid you not, everybody stopped. The whole park stopped. And I'm looking, I think even the dogs were chasing a ball and the dog stopped. And I looked around and I was like, I am the only chocolate chip in this cooking. 
and they are really staring me down. Wow. And I remember watching this mom take her little kid and put the little kid a little closer to her. I'm like, oh, this is the part of Kentucky that I'm in. <laughs> wow. And wow. I remember as well, um, later on, just fast forward and talking to some of Shannon's extended family and meeting them. And they're like, wow. And they were getting to know me as a friend of Shannon's. And they were just so... Um, so honest and offering up the information, we've never really been around black people before. And this is like, I was, it was like, I was, I was the show when I went over and was hanging out um, wow. with her extended family and just talking about different things. So my opinions that we're hearing for the first time of someone being black of, oh, so what do you think about this? And they were getting firsthand account of what a black American, you know, wow. thought about something. Wow. So, okay. So here you are. I mean, you grew up in a great, your mom trusting God. Yes. And again, a bit unique because Trinidad and Tobago also has a different culture than just maybe uh, inner city Houston. But right. you also grew up, she had a lot of different things in life that added to who you were. Mm -hmm. So how'd you deal with that? Did it make you bitter? Did it make you... Like, how, why'd, you, why'd you stay with it? Why'd you stay pursuing Shannon? Why'd you mm. work through all that? Yeah, because some people would say, hey, so your family's from Trinidad, you were born in the States, and so you didn't, you know, they would say, oh, this was easier for you because you didn't have the same challenges. And I said, what do you mean? Because people in our country, we just judge by what we look like. Right. I'm like, I'm the same black as any other black. You right. just look at me. Sure. And so every challenge, every struggle. and But the reason why I stayed with it and pursuing her, number one, I prayed. Yes. And I had prayed and I asked the Lord and I had a clear way. And it's a long story, but I had a clear understanding that God said, yes, Shannon's for this you. This is your way. And so when you get that, I, I'm sticking with it, sure. number one. But my mom also told, taught me, you know, bitterness cannot set into your heart. Mm. Um, and that everybody has their story and has their come from. And as I was reading scripture and looking, um, it just kept saying over and over again, love your enemy, love your enemy. And even though I'm not making them my enemy, how they, people respond or act, it's like, well, they consider me <laughs> their enemy. So I'm going to love and love unconditional. And some people would say, oh, well, you're just a doormat. And I've never been a doormat in an issue along this line. Never. And loving someone does not mean you're a doormat. Right. Loving someone in the midst of trials like this doesn't mean that you are saying, hey, it's okay that, and I'm taking on abuse. Mm -hmm. No, I would confront people and say, no. You know, and I'd set the record straight, but I'm going to love you in the midst of it as well and be loving and honoring and respectful. And so, you know, Shannon's grandmother just said, you know, all, all black people, they don't need to just be on a, in a different country. They need to be on a different planet, you know. That's a quote. <laughs> and uh, and it was just it was just that she was raised that way. Not to really even think or consider, but never being even raised around or engaging with wow. people that were different than her. But I remember when all of that changed, and it was just by through relationship, and there was still this, I'm going to continue to accept her and love her, and man, being around her, her, 
her eyes were open, not by me, but I believe by the Holy Spirit. Right. And I remember the day when she grabbed my hand and just said, I am so sorry. Wow. And she confessed, like a number of people have confessed to me before when I was living in the Midwest for eight years. They just said, I've never been around someone of color before. And this is my first time of really experiencing it. And man, will you forgive me? Mm. And uh, in Shannon's family, <laughs> I don't know if it's a Kentucky thing, but they would greet one another constantly by by uh, in-laws kissing each other. And they would kiss each other on the lips. In-laws, <laughs> no, you know, no. Uh, yes, you know, uncles, aunts, like everybody. And so after she apologized and everything and I and I would go over to grandma's house, she would kiss me on the lips. It hey, was like that, all that's of a sudden. Not, that's not black and white. That's just not right, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, look. I, I, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I was like mm, in the back of my mind. I kind of liked it more when she was a racist at the first time because it took me aback. I'm like, uh, I just kissed we Grandma the line. on the lips, and many times I would try to like kiss her on the cheek, and she would she would just grab my face, oh. both hands, and then just. Just greet me that way. But just a dear, sweet lady. Just (laughs) absolutely. I mean, I loved spending time with her and hearing her heart. And and really, I got to see how she just really valued family. And without understanding, you know, she she had guards up. But the Holy Spirit helped put those guards down. And I got to be a part of the family. Wow. So so you became a part of this very white family, extended family. Yes. Uh, very white. Very white, yes. <laughs> uh, and um um but in the end again just just take us back uh to you know your commitment to love them in spite mm. of themselves, right? These guys yeah. were not helping you. They were making it tough. Uh what 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 where'd you keep digging? Which well did you keep digging from to mm. get back up after some setbacks or some yeah. challenges or even their resistance to you guys' engagement and marriage? Yeah. I mean, th- of course, they they blessed and affirmed in the end, and because you wouldn't yeah. have done it if they wouldn't have. But right. But how'd you keep getting back up? Well, I kept getting back up because you know, and as the story goes, I, I went to Shannon's dad and and tried to really low key let him know that I was interested in his daughter, but it just came out because I was so nervous and blurted out, Bill, I'm in love with your daughter. You know, just try to get it out. You didn't even start like or interested? No, and he's choked, literally started choking on his lunch. And uh, and, uh, and he's like, well, okay, well, let me go and talk that over with my wife. And they gave us a no. And it was not a no for now. It was a no, period. No, move on. And uh, did they explicitly say because of race? No. I mean, I got every excuse or reason under the book through Shannon. Um, So not directly. Not directly. um, But they did a great job on their no. I I learned how to say no because they said no. And that's it. Period. uh, And let's move on. Right. And and I was doing ministry with with Shannon's dad. And I. Let me tell you, that one hurt. Oh. And I didn't fully understand, but I knew I had a word from the Lord. It was settled in my heart, and I knew I was going to walk this out. And what kept me going back and kept me up, number one, Shannon 
would just kept encouraging me and it's like, hey, let's, you know, she said, you can move on from this relationship and you might, why don't you move back to Texas? I'll continue to love you. But also she kept propping me up and saying, you're a good man mm. and God loves you and God sees you. Ooh. So that's, that was one. But I also looked at Shannon's parents and I saw the good in their hearts. Mm. These were good, these are good people. And even through that, um, hard time, you know, I, I was in love with Shannon and I waited for two years for their approval because when I was reading in scripture, I learned she's undercovering and I'm not going to go and snatch her out of her family. I'm going to do the honorable thing. And I felt the Lord saying, go and tell her father. Right. And so I did that and it blew up on my face. You know, it's like, Lord, you told me to do this and now I get a no. Wow. And and I waited for two years and he kept reminding me, you know, what did Jacob have to do? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, I don't want to marry her sisters. Uh, <laughs> Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> and so, um, 14 years is a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. And it's like, wow. Well, two was much easier. And, um, wow. but with the richness of that, it was good. Yeah. Wow. So, man, so big victory. Yes. You guys get to the altar and uh, yeah. blessing, and you, you kind of jump into life, uh, into marriage. How did you, how did you guys just, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but as a biracial couple, how, how did you guys navigate people's awkwardness in the mm. white world at times? Yeah. How'd y'all navigate that? How did how'd Shannon deal with it? How'd you deal with it? Well, it was it was funny. It's more common now, yeah, but right. you know, twenty plus years ago, it was yeah. a bit more challenging. Yeah, for sure. I, and you know, I love my wife. I love her, love her, love her. Because this might seem just really harsh or mean, but um, I had to help her navigate and realize that there was awkwardness. She was completely oblivious. To she the was whole so in love with you. She oh, couldn't yeah. see you anything know, else. She was yes. just looking at this uh, beautiful robust, man of God, robust, <laughs> incredibly tanned yes. man, and deeply tanned, and uh, and so she just she didn't notice those things. And I started helping and pointing things out to her, and she's like, "No." Well, at different times, and love my time in Indiana, but there are different counties and places where. Wow, I mean, they were just hostile towards um, minorities, and uh, and I feel like she started realizing and seeing it. But it was a great opportunity for me to help her along the journey. That even though I looked this way, and even though I was I was brought up in a culture of being American, but then the Trinidadian roots, we listened to a lot of Calypso music, <laughs> as well as my mom was crazy, Barry Manilow and <laughs> Tom Jones, and like to the Jackson Five, you know. Like, you you and I it. know, like, we have pictures that come to our mind. A lot of people don't listen right. to this, Barry Manilow. <laughs> exactly. With the big wings and hair. Yeah, oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. And so with, I write with, the songs that make the whole world sing. Yes. There you go, guys. Right, keep going. Um, that that when you're looking at all of those things, my identity is a child of God. I, I looked at yes. my identity Come that on. I am a child of God. I am not a color. Um, I am not uh, a culture. I am not any of those things other than first a child of God. And then he flavored me with 
all of these great things mm. that I absolutely love. Mm. I love being who God made me to mm. be. I mm. absolutely love it 100%. Mm. Um, even being follically challenged, I love it. <laughs> love it. That um, means he's bald. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so in our, in our marriage, it's, we started realizing and understanding, okay, that, that identity. Uh, that identity piece that we are, our relationship, our marriage, ordained by God, blessed by God. And uh, yeah, that there's nothing to, to worry about, nothing to fear. And we can overcome everything that we would face because of those things, uh, because we knew that, man, we're in the center of God's will. Wow. And that this was beautiful to the Lord. Mm. And, you know, and so it's the same thing when people would say things about me or uh, didn't like me because of who I who I was or who I am. I'm like, but I'm beautiful to the Lord. As long as I'm being pleasing to God. Wow. Now I'm walking around being a jerk to people. Sure. Then sure, sure, I deserve it. Sure. But if I'm being honoring and loving and this is what I get in return to his glory, mm. you know, to his glory. Wow. So, Man, I, I'm really just deeply uh stirred again just at the the value that not only that god puts on you but that you've owned right you've owned love your neighbor as yourself you've owned that right sense of self your identity as a child of god and out of that you found strength that most people don't in the challenge right but it goes, all goes back to the identity so why don't, why don't we just take the last few minutes you and i were just actually before we started this interview in a little Bible study, and we were talking mm-hmm. about identity, about being children of God. Just, though it's obvious, what makes us a child of God mm. versus being created in the image of God? Right. And, and how does that identity then empower you for, whether it's racial conversations or conversations with a youth or a marriage challenge or right. anything, how does that identity empower you? Oh, that's good, because we're all created in the image of God. We're all God's creation. But when it says in Scripture that those that believed in Jesus, right, yep. and in his cause, in his name, right. he gave the right to be called children of God or gave the right to become children of That's God. John one twelve. Yeah. Yep. And so when with that, it was ever so clear, ever so clear that, man, when we are a child of God, just like the, the prodigal sons, uh, the prodigal son, but the the man who had two sons. Right. Both sons didn't realize, even though that they were living with their father, wow. they didn't realize his heart. That they didn't have to wait for their inheritance. Mm-hmm. All that he had was theirs, mm-hmm. and he communicates this at the end of the story. All that I have is yours. Mm-hmm. Wow. All that I have is yours. So, as a child of God, I've got power and access to kingdom things that trumps everything in this world yes and that there's so much power and so much peace and grace and authority to take over sin over these issues over all of the things that would try to hold me down from oppression and depression it's like being a child of god if god is for me then who can be against me and so i've never been oppressed in my life i don't believe that i can be oppressed because i've got god you know, when I hear about just different things and other people being privileged, I'm like, wait a minute, but I'm a child of God. I've got the greatest privilege on the face of this planet that it trumps everything. And so if God wants me to be something or to do something, how, who's going to stop it? Mm-hmm. 
Who's going to stop it? And so that's been the thing for my marriage, for my life, and even instilling it in my kids. You can be whoever God wants you to be, not whoever you want to be. Mm. (laughs) You can be whoever God wants you to be because who's going to stop God? Mm. Who can stop God? If it's his plan, his purpose, his will, it's going to happen. And so when people are saying, hey, you know, you can't do that because, because why? If God wants me to, mm. doesn't matter the color of my skin, doesn't matter how much money I've got in my wallet, it doesn't matter my background, where I came from, what culture, I'm going to do it because, man, now I belong to the culture of the kingdom of God. Mm. I'm a child of God, part of his family and his cause. So if it's a part of his cause, it's going to happen. Well, I can't help but sit here and think, you know, we talked last week of your own story, and I think your mama would be proud, not Mm. would be, she is proud, (laughs) because that's what she instilled in you. When you Mm. talked about, mom would always say, trust God, trust God, and you said, well, we were broke financially, but mom said, we're not broke in our minds. I don't have money in my wallet, but but we trust God, and and God is able, and uh, really, though you've owned your own faith, it was given to you as well as a gift. Yeah. from your mom. She's an overcoming lady that believed that all things were possible in God. Yeah, And um, I love that. It makes me as a parent think through, man, I want to instill that. But mm-hmm. it, it also makes me realize that um, trusting God is not a given, right? Yeah, it, it's right. owned, right? Yeah. Everybody's got to own their trust in God to make it in whatever they so do good. in life. And, it's um, so true. Man, thank you for trusting God. I'm stirred. <laughs> so hey, that wraps up a second day, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going because we're gonna talk about the the beautiful thing about when finding our identity in Jesus. Then we also find ourselves as a part of this deal called the church. Yeah. And if we, right. the more we're clear about who we are, actually, the more we're able to serve and give and be a part of what God wants all of us to be. Yeah, which is a part of His plan A to change the world called the church. Right, and we'll pick that up uh, next week. Love awesome. you, brother. Excited. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycyber.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time. <laughs>